get a hold of me good evening this is an impromptu podcast i was i typed in to uh, facebook describing this i wasn't going to do one this week but then miles my son and i were talking today and i asked him hey you want to do a podcast tonight i thought he would say no and he agreed to it um now i just need him to call in so he can be my guest host i'll send him a little reminder and good evening to you all on this Saturday. It's actually not so bad right now, weather-wise in Maine. It's a nice evening out there. Was able to get outside and enjoy the afternoon a little bit. Uh, mowed the lawn at the house, and uh, the black flies bit me a little bit. But you know what? Not bad. Uh, he's uh, Miles is messaging me right now asking me if i'm live yes i am so come on in miles we're waiting for you and he says i don't see it well why don't i share it with you okay again thank you for uh listening in it looks like there's one listener out there right now Okay, gonna f- share this two miles. I think I can share it in Messenger. Da, 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 da. Share to your newsfeed or story. Share on a page you message. Um, and all of uh, technology. It's just one of those things. Like just a simple sharing, just a simple sharing. That's all I want to do. Okay, that's what I just did, and I'll let them know. Just shared it on your timeline. I hope another thing. Um, <clears throat> if you're going stark crazy during this corona thing, uh, feel free to chime in. You're not alone. Some people deal with it better than others. Uh, and when I talk about that, I just talk about just the kind of melancholy that uh, some of us feel. And uh, again, it's it's one of those things with depression, melancholy. You can't diminish that it's there. Everyone with depression knows that there's somebody out there that has it worse 
than them. And it doesn't help when they are lectured or when you lecture someone with depression, you don't have it so bad. Think about the blah, 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 blah. It's yes, we, we get that, but it's not like we choose to be depressed. You know, depression is real. And if someone is depressed, the best thing to do is just to acknowledge that fact and give a listening ear. And really the best you can do with someone in that situation is to listen. Advice typically doesn't help. You're helping more just by listening. And I believe, who do we got? This might be him right here. In Connect. Hello. And hello, Plumble. Hello. Hello. Coming is, through? Yeah, you're coming through just fine. Yeah. All so, right. So how are you doing? Uh, are you doing this with your phone or do you have your mic set up? I'm doing up? this with my... I was trying to do it with my mic set up, but all the links that... Uh, every time I tried to go to your podcast, it kept on just telling me to do it through my phone. So I just decided to cave in. I see. I see. Well, I'm glad you figured it out. That's awesome. Um yeah. Yeah, man. All right. So let me ask you this. Um, I uh, I think it was a couple, three weeks ago, you were at the apartment and you're really, really down. And I was kind of upset with you because you're making complaints about not wanting to be here and whatever else. And then when you left, I really thought about it. And I'm like, wow, he, here's a 16 year old kid who wants nothing more than to just be with his friends, be social and have fun. And I never really thought about it from your perspective until that moment, because I know when I was 16, all I wanted to do was to be with my friends. I didn't want to hang out with my parents and all that other stuff. And we've talked about this, um, but how are you holding? How are you holding up now? Uh, Um, It's better than it was i know what situation you're talking about it's definitely better now because since then i've seen my friends in a socially distanced format of uh, going golfing which is like a good way to catch up with people and mm-hmm. also just like the weather's better so i can go on walks much more easy like easier and yeah sure. it definitely makes life m- better it's mm-hmm. feeling more and more just like summer vacation at this point True, true, yeah. Well, and I mean, at least now you can play golf and you can see a couple of your friends. Uh, That certainly helps, yeah, yeah. And I remember that feeling. I mean, during the summer when I was 16, that's about all I wanted to do was to play golf with my friends. So, uh, and now you're doing that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's your favorite hole at the Brooks Golf Course? I like hole number two. Nice and straight and not too hilly. And I always like, I always get pretty close, like, I'm pretty most recently I've gotten pretty close to par if yep. not just a few over right right that's my favorite hole too that's funny that you say that yeah, yeah. and you're with me the day that I got a 2 on that hole I got a 2 yeah. on a par 4 man I like chipped in from like oh I had a good drive so I was within 100 yards of the green but I chipped that puppy in that was awesome 
That was awesome. That was the only yeah. time I. That was the only time I've ever parred the golf course. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was, and you got to, and you got to witness that, uh, Miles. So that was awesome. Oh yeah, super exciting. It, yes, wicked exciting. <laughs> wicked, I tell you. Yeah. yeah. Did you have supper tonight? Um, I made myself a bagel and had a cosmic brownie. So. Oh yeah, those uh, cos. Uh, those cos. That's an American cosmic- staple for you. Oh man, cosmic brownies are nasty. Those are they're like for those of you who don't know, they're these little Debbie brownies that have like some sort of weird confetti on top of them right i mean it's just like it's it's just like a chocolate chip pretty much it's nothing too special exactly hey hold on a second i gotta get my iced tea talk amongst just talk amongst yourselves rhode island's neither a road nor an island disgust (laughs) but you gotta keep talking yeah i can keep talking entertained here yeah, right. exactly. I can be entertained. Okay. Yeah, you got to keep the, but yeah, we dead silence on the podcast is never yeah. a good thing. Not yeah, yeah, good. Okay. Eric Kirk's on. Eric Kirk's in the house. Our friend from outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, Eric, we're doing a special Saturday night live show. I didn't plan on doing a podcast this week, and then um, this is my son, who's a teenager now. And um, we decided just to kind of do a little impromptu show um, this week. So it's kind of unplanned, but I'm glad you're turning in, uh, tuning in. Um, no, not doing the Sunday show tomorrow. I'm going to take oh. we're taking the week off from uh, the, that. And uh, yeah, so that way we can do research for the next round of topics and we'll do the regular Sunday show. Oh, a week from Sunday. That's what we'll do there. Yeah. See, this is a national show, Miles. You didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We You're going to all... be up with Joe Rogan and all the. When I tried to look up your podcast at first, I looked up uh, like just Matt Littlefield. And mm-hmm. the first thing to come up was an episode of the Ben Shapiro show. So I think Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? How nah. are they, they're comparing me to Ben Shapiro? Oh God! I'm I like, see the similarity between bench. <laughs> oh, oh my God! What an insult! I mean, no, that anything. Just but, oh God! Just convert to Judaism and be just kind of nasally, and you're all set. Well, no, it's not about that. You know what it's about. I mean, the <laughs> fact the fact that he's Jewish has nothing to do with kind of the a hole that he is. He's a conservative windbag. But, yeah, you know, I'll do some yeah. research. <laughs> okay. Uh Eric Kirk wants to call in. Feel free to call in, Eric. Uh, yeah, you can call in anytime, Eric. That's fine. Here he uh, Okay. See, we get callers and everything, Miles. This, this yeah, is the real de- this is a real deal. Eric Kirk, welcome to the show. How are you today? Uh, uh, Eric, I, I was can't... trying to fix my headphone jack. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. Can you hear us? Yes, um, um, I, I can hear y'all perfectly. I mean, so um, so father and son are on tonight's show, I guess. Yeah, this is yeah, uh, my, yeah father and son. Yeah, can you tell which one is which? Our voices kind of sound alike. <laughs> well, I I know. Um, so you, your name is Mike, right? Matt. I mean, Mike. Oh, Matt. 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 Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my name is Matt. My son's name is Miles. Oh, Matt and Miles. Um, um, I, I see that name floated around a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how's your week been, Eric? It's been really good. Um, there was like three days I went to house sit for my brother and sister-in-law about 25 minutes from Loganville called, in a place called Tucker. They've got two chihuahuas. And my niece has also got a, a little bearded dragon. Oh. Um, and they were away for about three days. Oh, good, good. So that's in Kentucky? Did you say Louisville? Here in Georgia. Oh, right in uh, Georgia. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how's the weather down there? Is it is it like a bazillion degrees in Georgia? Well, the weather was really sunny and, and clear today. Um, I mean, I didn't notice the humidity being um, brutal, of course. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, yeah. weather's been really good. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm out driving right this moment, but I've got a earbud in my ear to where I can talk to y'all. I see. I see. You know, it's interesting. I'm trying to share this uh, podcast on uh, Facebook again, and the topics on here are what the topics were from last week, which is interesting. I didn't see that. I saw the communist newspaper thing when I looked at the link. Well, and that's what I initially had. And that's what I'm trying to kind of. Oh, okay. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, what, what, what's that about? Today's topics. Yeah. I uh, notice like, whenever I go on YouTube, um, I usually see advertisement for a newspaper called the Epic Times. Um, and, and they are are touted as an un- unbiased n- newspaper oh, all about speaking truth. Well, how about this? And, uh, and communists are helping on silencing them too. Yeah. We'll, uh, we are going to talk about it um, a little bit, um, but uh, right now I can hear my echo through your uh, connection, Eric. I don't know where that's coming from. Um, well, I have, I have like the, the mouthpiece away from my mouth that way it don't sound too loud but i'm I see. I'm, I'm, I'm actually sitting in a car oh okay oh. okay uh, i see i see cool cool all right man um well how about this why don't you call in a little bit later and uh oh, i can me- do that um i know these live casts are limited to three hours anyways but when, mm-hmm. where i'm going i'm venturing out for food it shouldn't take long I see. Okay. Well, always thanks for calling. Uh, thanks for calling in, and thanks for listening. And if you want to call in a little bit later, feel free. Hi. Okay. Thanks, Eric. I'll talk to you soon. Right, yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. All right. Whoops. Hold on. One. Oh. Uh, okay. Here we go. All here right. We, all right. Here we go. Okay. So you got a dedicated uh, fan base, don't you? Oh yeah, man. Of course I do. I get, I keep forgetting it can be done at two different places. Your grandmother is chiming in now saying uh <laughs> saying, yeah, she yeah. She's like, Oh, how are you doing that? How are you doing that podcast with Chris Stout? I mean, is he up from Florida? And I'm like, uh, Mom, <laughs> if he was up from Florida, I wouldn't have him in my apartment because he'd be quarantined for 14 days. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so Plus, I don't know if I'd want Chris out in my apartment anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. All right. How's my uh, uh, sound coming through? Because I don't know the quality of these earbuds I'm using. Does it sound fine? Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, 
Now Chris Stout is saying, I can't find that Matt. Is it a secret show? Jeez, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, you're. You're let me sh- this show's uh, having a rough start, man. I guess it is. Um, let me. I think I can share. I'll just share because it when I clicked the link, it originally said like you're invited to this exclusive show or whatever. Like, I see. Um, let, okay, I'll share it to Chris Stouts. Um, yeah, uh, do, I think. Do, do, do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. At first, you were coming through a little hot, meaning you're a little loud. Uh, um, uh, but um, but now you sound actually quite perfect. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you go good. That's cool. That's cool. It's still kind of, well, I don't know. I feel like I'm an old pro at it now. My setup's fine. Um, the thing, you're, mic, you're using a um, stage mic, right? Yeah, I'm using a stage mic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it sounds like you're using a stage mic. Like, that's, for the stuff you have, it sounds pretty good. Like, you have this under control pretty much, from what I can tell. Okay. Uh, Sean's in the house. It said, took me twice clicking the link for it to start. Okay. That's good to know. Um, let me let, I'll let Chris know that to uh, click on it twice there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Click on it twice. There we go. Okay. Let's talk about communism, shall we? Yeah. Okay. I have. Well, part of what, okay. So, uh, Miles' grandfather, my uh, former uh, father-in-law, has a friend in New Jersey. Is this correct? I Miles? think so. Okay, and he actually puts out this little newspaper that comes. Well, no, his friend doesn't put this out. Oh, well, his friend well, like highly recommended this paper. But then, but so, how did you end up getting it? Did you just uh, subscribe to it? Um. Bruce Hertz, which is my grandfather, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. um, was like, wow, I know Miles. He's a liberal scum. I'm going to put him under this communist newspaper. So uh, I see. I, I don't think he referred to you as a liberal scum. I mean, uh, well, I don't know. Your grandfather wouldn't call you a liberal scum. I mean, eh. come on. I mean, he's a liberal himself. I mean, he's not going to call you a liberal <laughs> scum. Jeez. All right. So anyway, the name of this uh, newspaper is Workers Vanguard. It comes once a month. It's 25 cents. But you're telling me today you could probably buy a whole subscription for for 75 cents a year or something, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's biweekly, actually, but I don't get it that often. I see. I see. But on the front of this Workers Vanguard, that's the name of the paper. On the front of this paper, it says COVID-19 pandemic shows need for workers rule. Then there's a subtitle, a couple pictures and the subtitle that says break with the Democrats for a multiracial revolutionary workers party. Now, that's interesting. That's yes. interesting. Hey, Chris Stout's here. All right. All right. And your boy sounds like you. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Donna. Donna's on. Hey, how you doing? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, similar inflections. Hey. Um, we do indeed. We do indeed. Yeah, so it, so it, it gave me some thought anyway, and we were talking 
working class. So working class, if we're going to define working class, so I looked up the definition, social group consisting of people who are employed for wages, especially in manual or industrial work. Okay. All right. So which political party does the working class identify with most in modern society? Are you asking me that? I am asking you. I would say the uh, right wing, the Republicans. I tend to agree. I tend to agree with that, which is interesting because back in the day when the socialist movement really took hold, I would say in the early part of the 20th century, it was very much a left wing movement. And now in some aspects, in some aspects. Yeah. But there again, I mean, what am I? Am I working class? I'm not working class, right? Um, it's debatable. You could put, you could be on either side of the fence. You know, you're definitely not like upper class. Like you work for a salary, and well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I also work in a field that requires some university education. If I lose my job tomorrow i don't have to go through a bunch of job training to find a job in the same field as opposed to say someone's a truck driver i'm just using this as an example yeah if they lost their job they may have to go through some sort of job training yeah Um, um, or i don't know maybe that's a bad example because many truck drivers can uh, just find another job driving a truck for another company. Yeah, uh, Maybe it's like a sheet metal worker or uh, a machinist that's worked in the same factory for a while. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, um, like I think the term working class can be a uh, stretched across. Like I can, I think it can be, the definition can be stretched to really what you want it to mean. Yeah. 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 It's not a, sure fine term well it's not about wages so much because there are a lot of manual workers who make more money than i do yeah but so their wages would mean that they would be in the middle class but the type of work that they do would i don't know it's it's interesting well you run you work below someone Mm -hmm. and uh, you get a yearly salary, like you're not working hourly. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's really kind of based, like, I, it's the fine midpoint between, like, owning your own company and working uh, hourly. I think, at least that's my, how I interpret it. I see. I don't think that defines working class, in my opinion. This comes from Sean. If you are working and earning a living... To me, that is working class. Okay, and yeah, and that that's a simple definition that uh, has some merit, actually. Yeah, so if you're working and earning a living, to me, that's working class. Okay, But I wouldn't consider, like, Jeff Bezos the working class, and he... Well, he's like, not. He's not. He's not. Certainly not. But, and and that, he's making a living and sure. doing his job, so... Well, he would be part of the ruling class, if you want yeah. to get... If you want to get into like uh, Karl Marx type uh, 
theory, if you will. Well, if you flip onto the second page of this, you see a picture of uh, is, is Carl's Marks on here? Wait, no, Lennon's on here. Never mind. Oh no, Carl Marks. If you go to the back page, there's uh, Trotsky and Carl Marx. And Carl oh Marks. wow, yeah, I almost said Carl Max. Oh, Carl Max. Carl Max. Yeah, I like that guy. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I maybe I'll sit down and read. Actually, read this. It's pretty yeah. in depth. I mean, it really feels like I'm looking at an early 20th century newspaper with Trotsky and Lenin and Mark, Marx. Mark, Mark's idea. <laughs> I can't say Mark's for some reason. My goodness. Wow. So, and has socialism and or communism been done properly in this world ever? By um, I don't think, I don't think any government system is done right. Like, the surefire way of doing like the dream version of doing capitalism hasn't been achieved. Like have we all. come, has the United States come the closest to that? I, I am not going to say just because I'm not fully educated on the subject. I see. Chris Stout says blue collar versus white collar. Yes. Okay. So there's something to be said for there for yeah. that. I don't get my hands dirty when I go into work. Yes. Uh, many people do. So there's kind of another kind of uh, nuance to that, if you will. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. If I, are you ever afraid when you do something like this that you're going to use a term uh, out of con? Uh, you're going to use a term that means something that it's not defined as. Uh, am, am I say, am I saying that right? I'm stumbling over my words here. Um, I don't know. I just use the word nuance, and I think I used it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe I did. Like, I definitely have made that mistake before, like just in classroom presentations, just because I haven't had many. Uh, I haven't. I'm 16. I haven't done a TED talk yet. I but, see. Uh, yeah. Well, my friend who uh, works for an editor as a living. Uh, she just told mm -hmm. me that I did, so that's good. Uh, that's good. Um, also, Working Class Dog, pretty good album. Stout, Working Class Dog, who put that album out? Ooh, a trivia question. Wow, I love that. Okay, Working Class Dog, I feel like I should know that. That sounds like a Tom Petty or, or something, like that. something like that. Hopefully it's not like Loverboy or some crap like that. Stout, who put that album out? Write that in. Soap Man? Soap Man? Who's Soap Man? Ugh. Sounds like a Mumford and Sons-esque thing. That could be. Is Soap Man the name of it? So Soap Man put out, a, put out an album called Working General... Oh! Rick Springfield! That's right! Yes! Yes, I knew that. Yeah, is Jesse's girl on that album? I I think yeah, that's a great yeah, okay. Wow. See, people, yeah, people think of uh 
Yeah, all right. People think of Jesse's Girl when they think of that album, but how? But no one thinks of the song "Don't Talk to Strangers, Baby, Don't You Talk." Sing with me, Miles. Don't talk. To um, str- <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I would, but I think there's a bit of a latency to this, so I don't want to mess it. There's up. no latency to this. We can eh. we can harmonize and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, so I would argue this when it comes to socialism, communism. Yeah, I would argue that it's probably been done in countries that we don't think of. Uh, it's probably been done reasonably well in, in countries we don't think of. I think it's probably been done reasonably well in Sweden. Dem- and and the there, thing, you know, the, the thing is, you say that, but. It also might be just because we're not well read on like how Sweden is run. That's true. I just read an article on political about Sweden, though, so I'm wicked well read on Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now that one was about conservatives love to brag about how Sweden didn't have to lock their country down during the COVID nineteen thing. Yeah. Did I say Sweden or did I say Switzerland? I said Sweden, Sweden. right? Yeah, yeah. And they're doing remarkably well. Well, this political article was about how government is so entrenched in everybody's, uh, in Swedish, in, jeez, I'm stumbling over my words again. Let me go back up a little bit. Government is so entrenched in Swedish life that they don't have to shut everything down. Government, the government, if you will, went into businesses and set up plexiglass. They set up, they made businesses set up their tables, their uh, places where they do commerce. So social distancing was mandatory. And people in Sweden didn't protest this because they tend to just go along with what the government tells them to do. Therefore, it it kind of works. There but also, again, Sweden did have a lot of, like, they did have large spikes in cases, like, when, as a result, compared to a lot of their other countries, like, around them. Yes. Yes. And uh, there's a news article that came out in the last couple of days that is now showing that Sweden probably should have shut down because. Yeah, it's like people were pointing people on both political parties were pointing towards Sweden. It's like, oh, they didn't have to do it. Look what Sweden did. And it's (laughs) like you shouldn't be pointing towards Sweden for that type of stuff because it's like. Who, I don't know if they have a prime minister or whatever they have, but whoever's in charge of the country was like, we're not going to shut down anything. I recommend, I, I uh, highly recommend all of the citizens go out to bars and, and like eat at restaurants and stuff. And it's like, no, you can't be doing that in a worldwide right. pandemic. Well, in, in, in the political, political article, uh, they, the article shared a couple of pictures of people eating at restaurants at a distance uh, with plexiglass around, you know, like these plexiglass booths and whatever. So they did make an attempt to 
do it right. But even um, that isn't enough. In my yeah, opinion. exactly. Exactly. So, you know what I'm going to look up now? It's a good thing I have two computers going. Sweden Prime Minister. Yes, they do have a Prime Minister. This would be another. And his name is Stefan Lovin. Ooh, I love that wow. name. Stefan Lovin. That's, his, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Stefan Lovin. Yeah. Now, if you have a Prime Minister with that name, you don't need to lock down. You know, there's too there's too much love to be to spread around. So how can I do that if my country's locked down? Is that what is that something he said? Yeah, that's yes. I'm saying that word for word, Miles. <laughs> no. I don't know. He kind of <laughs> seems he kind of seems a bit ignorant. So like I could. I could what do you mean he seems? Well, he didn't know, shut down his country. He didn't shut during down a worldwide. He didn't shut down his country during a worldwide pandemic when all of the sister countries near right. them were doing like more extreme measures than anybody else in the world. It's like I see. Christout, on a serious note, Sweden is fairly remote, a lot like uh, main people distance. Um, uh, I think he's got a typo in there, but he's right. Sweden is fairly remote. Now, yeah. you talk about the state of Maine. Maine is still on the upswing as far as COVID-19 cases are concerned. We had a protest at the Capitol today with political candidates uh, protesting this uh, lockdown that we have in the state. Even as the state of Maine is reopening most businesses with some restrictions, you still have people protesting this lockdown, which is like, come on, people. I guess the most contentious issue now is the 14-day quarantine, but they're going to look at that. Uh, I mean, yes, it's going to be really difficult to have a tourist season here with when you have people from out of state that uh, have to do this uh, 14-day quarantine. Uh, they're mandated yeah. to do it. So that's being discussed as well. But even... So as we're so there's these protests going on, there's some gradual uh, restrictions being uh, there's some gradual lifting of these restrictions. And I think it might I. I think it might be a little bit too soon. I, I mean, I'm afraid I'm, I, I must say I'm I a think, little bit afraid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, that's OK. Um Sorry, I didn't proofread. I sent my text fast. It's okay because when you guys make mistakes on your text, or if you call in and make and you stumble over your words, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel more human. Yes, uh, <laughs> opening up means mostly that there is room in the ICU. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like our hospitals aren't overrun with people yet yet but it's just like you know we don't want to overwhelm our healthcare workers and think about what the economy is going to do if many people get sick i mean it's it's a real this this thing is real I and mean, it's worldwide it's not just in maine i mean some of you that are listening right now live in other states and uh uh, Chris is in Florida, Eric's in Georgia, and we know in Georgia that they are opening. Uh, I mean, Georgia comes on the news as a state that is opening up too fast, but even they're opening with restrictions in place. Florida is as well, and it's just a question everywhere. Is it just happening too soon? 
I personally think it is. Yes, we have to protect ourselves as individuals and families. We have to make the right choices as individuals and families. Some people will say, well, yeah, we can make that. The government can't tell us what to do. And it's just like, well, you know what? Damn it. Not everyone follows the government's advice. I mean, you and see like, it or scientists advice. Mm -hmm. People, um, it, a lot of people point towards like, I don't, I'm not going to give up my freedoms like to do these certain things just because the government tells me to. It's like you give up your freedoms to do a bunch of things, government or not. It's like you're not going to say certain things around your mom and you're not going to you're not going to say certain things around your mom that you would say around your friends. And you're not going to like it like just stuff like that. Um, right. What am I trying right. to say here? But like giving up your freedoms to do certain things just out of like thoughtfulness of others is not something unheard of like in everyday life. So I don't know why issues like these are like such a point of contention. Well, it's, it's new territory uh, for all of us. I mean, what, no time in our history has there been such a shutdown like this. The only thing we have to compare it to is the 1918 pandemic. And, but that's a lesson to all of us because there were three waves of that flu. The first wave it lasted was, all the way to uh, 1920, right? It was a year and a half. It was 18 months. Yeah. So what happened was, there was the first wave, people got sick, a lot of hospitalizations, a lot of deaths. Then the summer months came, people started to feel better. And this that was a virus where uh, the heat and the sun uh, did kill the virus. But then everything opened up too soon, and the second wave was far worse. If you look at graphs at that pandemic, that second wave, in between the first and the second wave, there was a huge, huge, just upward climb. And, and there's so, people... Oh, um, continue what you're saying. Well, I was just going to say, and then it's just as that declined, the second wave declined, uh, subsided, there was a third wave towards the end, like you mentioned, the 1920, and it wasn't as bad. And by that time, they had it un under control. Uh, but now go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, it's like, I've heard people say like, yeah, we're going to have a second wave, but they can't make us go back into quarantine just because like people aren't going to want to. It's like, it's not going to be a matter if like you want to or not. Nobody wants to be in quarantine right now. Like they're going to, it's going to be worse when we have a second wave because it's going to happen. And they're going to, at an eventual point, they're just going to like shut down the restaurants again and then force you to stay inside and then shut down non-essential businesses again. Like it's just going to be the repeat of the same exact thing. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's like we've had, we're approaching, we will have, we'll have 90,000 deaths from this by middle of next week and this is with 
restrictions. This is with yeah. people social distancing. This is with, you know, cities being completely shut down. This is with Times Square being empty. So imagine what is going to happen if ever, all of a sudden we just open up everything, even with uh, uh, lifting this gradual lifting of some of these restrictions. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect I'm with you. I, I, I fully expect there is going to be a second wave of this. Yeah. And I feel bad for say someone like you. I mean, you want to go back to school, right? Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris out. The only way we have a second wave is if we create it, it's all by design. Okay. Um, Eric Kirk must watch movies friend shared with me Plandemic no I'm not Plandemic needs to just go away that's misinformation and uh, we talked about that a little bit last week and and private companies shutting down misinformation free speech all that other stuff but I I have noticed I went I went shopping tonight at the grocery store uh, for those of you that are out of state uh, it's the Hannaford is our main grocery store up here and everyone's wearing masks there's arrows pointing people uh, in the right in specific directions to keep the flow of traffic moving a certain way and everyone's respectful nice uh, probably out of every 10 people that are in the store eight out of those 10 are wearing masks which is great uh, I feel clean. I feel safe. I feel like um, certainly more than six feet away from everyone. By contrast, um, I am forced to go to the general store, a general store once or twice a week. And it's like those are the places where people need to wear masks. And I am the only one. <laughs> When I go into these places, that is wearing a mask, and I can't figure it out. It's just like I – it's almost like in rural parts of the state that that's where you start to see this mentality of, uh, damn it, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to wear a mask, blah, blah, you know, and it's just like these are the places where social distancing is difficult. These small uh, general stores that have limited square footage, uh, these are the places where you need to wear a mask. But I mean, exactly. more, so, more so than Hannaford. Uh, what I'm saying is if we open everything up too fast, you're inviting the spread again unless people are safe. Yes, Chris, I, and I, uh, Chris Stout, I agree with that um, uh, most certainly. And is that you dinging, Miles? Yeah, that was... I'm pretty sure that was a notification from the podcast on my computer. Oh, I see. You get a notification there. Yeah. So you're able to play video games uh, while you're talking to me? And Oh, yeah. I'm playing Animal Crossing right now. So you're able to play Animal Crossing while podcasting. You know, you're multitask. That's really impressive. I, I would well, not be able to do that. I know you wouldn't be. Able I would to. not be able to do that. If I, if I were playing a video game right now. I'd be going to you like, huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? What? What? Uh, can you say that again? <laughs> I wouldn't Animal Crossing is also pretty mindless. I like, see. I just it's... built a bridge in my town and I then see. sold a fish. So it's like, I'm not, it's not like I'm really focusing in on anything. Wow. You've accomplished so much. So I can tell 
people uh, tomorrow. Hey, how, hey, how's Miles doing? They'll ask, how Miles doing? I'm like, he's doing so great. He built a bridge yesterday and sold a fish. It was so great. Man. <laughs> I have 11,000 bells. You can't say that. 11,000 bells? What does that mean? It, that's the currency in the game, dude. I see. I get awards. Uh, Eric uh, Kirk from the Georgia listener here. Uh, mm-hmm. He sends me gifts and coins and all kinds of stuff uh, here. So, uh, yeah. So I get I get stuff. I get, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I get stuff anyway. I get gifts. Yeah, yeah it makes me feel important. People, people care about you. People care about me. Yeah, they do. Mm. They do, man. That's cool. All right. So that's our discussion on. So basically, if working class people... Yeah, back on topic. Yeah, if working class people identify with the Republican Party more than the Democratic Party, there is an issue. There is an issue there because there's many progressives in the Democratic Party that really speak, I believe, to working class issues. Yes, but also, it progressives in the Democratic Party also do that. But establishment Democrats, um, which are ones that you've seen like on popular news sources and your everyday politician who's in office, do not wor- speak for that type of uh, working class citizen. Well, and I believe what the attraction is to the Republican Party for a lot of people is that it speaks to a an america that probably they never experienced for a lot of people didn't experience but this kind of ideal of america and how things used to be also Mm -hmm. it's it speaks to uh just this nationalism that some feel like uh america we're number one uh star spangled banner yada 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 that type of thing Um, the republican Um, go ahead well, no, you can keep on going because I'm going to have just something to add on to it. So. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, so, I mean, the Republican Party uh, really speaks to America in that nationalistic pride kind of sense. There are, you know, the good old red, white, and blue, and uh, certainly uh, takes pride in the military. And it's not that the Democrats don't, but it's like the... I believe that the Republicans speak more to some sort of uh, nationalistic humbleness, if you will. Uh, They do that probably more effectively than the Democratic Party does. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's just that's just one thought. That's my opinion. Uh, I welcome yours. What was what I was going to say? Uh Probably a year back, I was listening to an episode of the Cracked Podcast, and they're very like uh, left wing, but they they talk about everything pretty uh, objectively, or at least I would say so. And they were talking about how uh, instead of trying to like go back to the America, like a past America, like you were saying, mm-hmm. they're believing that they're like pushing new ideas into the present like Mm -hmm. with old school ideas and they believe that the democratic party is trying to push us back 
to exactly what this newspaper is saying, like the Marxist ideals, it, like they believe that the Democratic Party is pushing us back into like a communist stone age. But if you look at it, I mean, if you look at your mainstream, well-known Democrats, you look at your Nancy Pelosi's, you look at your Charles Schumer, you look at your Adam Schiff's, they're what I would describe as Wall Street Democrats. Yeah, establishment. like Exactly, exactly. Diet Republicans. Well, they need, they need money to uh, maintain their image, to be elected again, basically. And they're, maybe deep down they are uh, more left than, than uh, they're, what am I trying to say here? more right than they no might. no i think i think probably in a in some sort of fundamental sense i do think their their core beliefs are liberal but they're forced to come to the center because of the fact that money drives a lot of uh, what they do or, or what they feel like they need to do I mean, also, someone will Perhaps. say someone will say, too, that they need to uh, come to a compromise with Republicans to find some sort of in between. There's that as well. But then within the Democratic Party, you have your Bernie Sanders, you have your AOC, you have a lot of these newer Democrats that are coming in that are very progressive, that do want, uh, you know, Medicare for all. They want a certainly they want a higher minimum wage. They want. Uh, college loan forgiveness, free college. So, I mean, those are very extreme left-wing um, ideals. And I don't, as they move along in their political careers, I wonder how true they'll stay to those ideals. Yeah. Um, I, per like, I personally think... Um, those more establishment Democrats like do have like they do have those leftist values, but I also believe that they are kind of stuck. The democratic party just needs to catch up to the Republican party about how politics is played nowadays, because you can't, you're not going to have it. You, you're not going to have people like, um, you're not going to have establishment Democrats speaking for a new generation of voters and like getting people through the polls. So are there, let me ask you this. As you're going to be 17 this summer, soon you're going to be a voting age. Yeah. Are there any mainstream politicians out there that speak to you? Um, not Personally, like, I don't think any of these politicians, like, the problem that I see with these new, like, Bernie Sanders, Andrew Yang type politicians, I think they have very, very good ideas, but I have, they're no, there's no way that they're gonna, like, accomplish them in a presidency, never lying the rest of their life in Bernie Sanders' case. Like, Do you think, okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think in your lifetime, you'll see a progressive highly left-wing president i think i i think we will i think we'll see it sooner than you may think but i don't think uh we're gonna actually see those types of values 
um, like in their presidency just because they're really, this is how all politicians are, but it's like, it's going to be a bunch of fake promises that Mm -hmm. don't live up to expectation and they're just going to get swallowed by the system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like with the establishment Democrats, they're doing the same exact thing. Any politician like any Republican would do where it's just like, and this isn't a bad thing. This is how politics is played. They're just saying stuff to, they're saying one thing to the, like at their debates and rallies. And they're saying another thing to their investors. Mm-hmm. And you really need to pay attention to what they're saying to their investors, because that's what they actually mean. That's how they're getting money. Right. Chris Stout, no one can be a good mainstream politician right now. We need a man of the people. And that is the bottom line. Hasn't happened for a long time. Um, I think I would go as far as saying that we've never had a man of the people president. We need um, a, you can. We need a woman can, president. We need a woman president. That's all there is to it. I mean, I don't. The, the it's fact not that, as simple as that. Like, I think it's it's it would be good to have a woman president. But I think above at all you shouldn't be focusing on that you just be focusing on someone who's qualified well yes qualified but at the same time some sort of just <sighs> you see female leaders in other countries you in like, very effective ones and just very but sensitive. you also see what you see ones also that are like not that incredible it's like the same exact thing as like when the wonder woman movie came out where it's like they can do it just like the boys. They can do it just as like straight down the middle and nothing spectacular. Yeah, that I, was a good. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, but I. It, the thing is, it wasn't anything spectacular. Like Wonder Woman can do it just like any other male superhero and make the most generic summer blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, but. I think of whoever the female prime minister is of uh, New Zealand. She's done a remarkable job. I mean, New yeah. Zealand has control over this COVID-19 thing. But I that's mean, not purely because she's a woman. Well, I understand that, but it's just and like I'm not being don't... like a Ben Shapiro type where it's like, oh, women. But well, like, but there's got to be you... there's some sort of sensibility there of just how things are done. It's just like this non-competitive approach, non-egotistical, because right now it's just there's so many egos at play uh, in the leadership of this country right now. It's not just Trump. I mean, it's all over the place. And it's just, I mean, Trump is certainly the... But it's just like, I mean, we have to get away from uh, just that narcissism. It's just, oh my God. You're not going to... You have to to be a politician. You need a bit of that. Like, you're going to... In okay, my so opinion, the, you wouldn't you wouldn't okay. have seen anything less like egotistical uh, and like less personable if you had a Hillary Clinton presidency instead. Yeah, but part of the problem with Hillary Clinton, if Hillary Clinton was the same person but male, she no, would have been a. I I completely completely I I really truly believe that somehow I the fact that she was female, uh, somehow the fact that she was female. And had this kind of strong presence, and and she the didn't thing have is, a strong presence though. She well, was she very, did. very like she actually. But if you really look at it, she actually did. But it's how the media reacted to it, and it's how other people react. Very, to very it. like robotic and like not into the people. She's very intelligent and very well spoken, but it's like 
she's probably she's probably the I, best public servant we've had in the last uh, twenty to thirty years too. Eric Kirk's calling in. Let me. Uh, he wants to chime in for a second. Uh, I, I just got back home a minute Eric. ago. I think the word y'all may be looking for with Hillary is called baggage, because she had a lot of that. Yeah, but mm. a lot of it. But a lot of that baggage was. Uh, was based on half truths that was right that was really really focused on by right wing media that just bashed on it and bashed on it all the time that whole email business was just so ridiculous there was nothing well, there and the benghazi thing was also another thing that was hammered to death i mean there was nothing there was very very little there i mean if you want to go if you want to go back to whitewater that was investigated Nothing was there. Now, another thing, too. Bill Clinton still is, you know, looked at highly. Bill Clinton has maintained a high approval rating. Bill Clinton, had, Bill Clinton had an affair. People, all of a sudden, they, 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 I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but there's this belief that somehow the fact that Hillary stayed with Bill after the whole Monica Lewinsky thing showed a weakness in her. And that is just so ridiculous because you could see that as a, as a sign of strength too, that she, uh, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous how some of the things played out with Hillary and not, I mean, Hillary Clinton is a human being. And, it, and if you really listen to her interviews where she does open up, you would see that, she really is a person that truly, truly does care and has chosen to live the life she has lived professionally because she does really care. Go ahead. Um, I can see like one second. I need a hey, like, definitely the oh. uh, Eric. Eric was going to chime in. Go right ahead, Eric. Okay. I mean, you know, but but I, I know that, like, the downside of politics is, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have, like, politicians, like, make promises to the voters and get elected. And when they get in there, they're going to go back on those promises no matter what because they're being bought and paid for by corporate interests and lobbyists. And I don't disagree with that. And a lot of times I think politicians do have the best of intentions. But once they get in there, they realize, oh, wow, I can't do this. I mean, Obama really wanted to close down Guantanamo Bay. And that was central to his uh, 2008 campaign. Once he got in there, he realized he couldn't yeah. do it. You know, it's just not, it's not that simple. Well, that politics is not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. A lot of things in Obama's presidency was like very, like the hope type thing. And a lot of it just wasn't conceivable for an eight year term. Chris Stout. The only Wonder Woman is Linda Carter. I agree, Chris Stout, and I think Linda Carter should run for president. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like during the campaign, this is, for example, somebody came up, to, this is the 2016 campaign. A voter came up to Hillary Clinton and asked, if you are elected, will you stop fracking and hillary very just directly said no because a president can't stop fracking i mean it's just like so she knew enough 
to answer that way because a president on their own can't stop fracking. Yeah, like, but there again, that but that direct answer also, if it's spun a certain way by the media, can make her seem dismissive, rude, and whatever else. She was being honest in that moment. And stuff like that is very like Hillary Clinton is an intelligent person. Very intelligent. I don't disagree with that. A lot of the things that like led to her losing also just had to do that she was running against Donald Trump, which is like the polar opposite of her. Like Donald Trump, no matter what you think about him, is flowing with like personality or whatever you're gonna see. He's flowing with uh, like he's he's very alive character he almost seems like he's a part of like the looney tunes but and it's just like and i get tired of this this argument or or, yeah i I get tired of this when someone says i like trump because he says it like it is it's like oh my god people yeah he so he's using words that you understand so that makes him electable that's going to make him a good right. president where yeah. Obama gets up there is such a great order. And just like when he speaks, I actually listen. And I'm like, wow, that man's just full of integrity. Uh, how could you look at a man like that and be like, oh, wow, that guy's full of BS. You know, just so, so just because a guy is eloquent in his speech, all of a sudden you don't want to listen to him. But if a guy gets up there and sounds like a uh, wrestling MC. You're, you're going to be drawn to him. I mean, it just it it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think a lot of what led people to like be like he says it how it is is like what the issues that Trump were bringing up and the solutions he was bringing up for those issues sounds a lot like what you would hear from your like questionably racist uncle during Thanksgiving. That's just it. Like that's just it. Yeah. Like. I would much rather have a meal with Trump than Hillary, regardless of political beliefs. It's just well, like, well, and we talked about it uh, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Would you play golf with Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, most of us would. And, le- and if he did something to really piss us off or make us believe that he was a, a, a dank uh, somehow during the round, we wouldn't play with him again. I mean, you mm-hmm. kind of get, but at the same time, it, it, it's it's interesting because, I mean, as you know, Miles, a lot of my friends are conservative. I mean, yeah. I did grow up in this area where there are a lot of conservative people and they're close friends. And somehow we we make it work. In fact, we laugh about our differences most of the time. Um, if if there was ever a reason why a person was just outright cruel, nasty, racist, bigoted, then that would be a different story. But as long as they don't don't present themselves in that way, there's no reason I wouldn't be uh, friends with a person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Mike, one final thought before I leave y'all is, you know, whenever election cycles come around, the, the lesson mm-hmm. is the reason elections have consequences is because it won't be decided by those who voted. It can also be decided by those who choose to stay home. If, but, but, and, and I know in complacency is a real thing in our elections and, and why people need to vote and make their voices heard. <laughs> Trump, Trump makes me vomit too much <laughs> to play golf. That is an interesting comment, Donna May. There is, there is that as well. Absolutely. Yes. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like to enjoy myself when I play golf. <laughs> Certainly.
Yeah. Um, oh, it's great hanging Larry... out with y'all. Yeah. yeah. Take care, Eric. All right. Have a good, good, good night. And I'll, I'll see you on your next show. Okay. Thanks, All bud. Right. All right. What are you going to say, bud? I remember seeing a uh, Larry King interview mm-hmm. where they asked Larry King about Donald Trump because they are they're friends as far as I know or can yeah, sure. do research on. Sure, Trump's been and, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Larry King is just like, yeah, his like char- charismatic uh, persona doesn't really go away. Um like when the cameras go off, but also uh, he definitely says things. He, he definitely says certain things depending on the audience he's talking to. Yes. Yes, he does. He does. Well, and that's why now he'll say one thing at his press conferences and he'll talk about social distancing and following certain guidelines. He will do that. And then away from these speeches and press conferences, if there's a protest somewhere, he'll get on Twitter and say, find people there in Michigan. And uh, he he did it recently. Uh, It was just last night, actually. Yesterday, there was a protest on Long Island somewhere where the protesters gave this reporter a, a just the the worst time possible they they you know they harass this guy and trump got on twitter shared the video and praised these protesters because these protesters are people that are going to vote for trump another thing about these protests they're turning into mini trump rallies as well oh it's not it's not so much about protesting it's about uh getting the vote out for trump yeah yeah um it's like the reason it Trump's a like TV personality, like before anything. Sure. And he's very good at being a TV personality. Well, so it's yeah. like, how do you expect him to be a president? It, like, how do you expect him to run his presidency any different than he's run his shows? Right. Well, exactly. 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 And uh, very few people will disagree with you on that. Now, with this, let, we're talking about how Democrats have to do something differently to defeat Republicans. When Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. Do you agree with that? Um, in concept, yes. But okay. But, but also, it, um, I don't think... In some cases, it's good to fight fire with fire, especially in this, like, the type of uh, political situation we're in. It was like, in my opinion, Joe Biden's not going to get anywhere close to winning the 2020 election from Trump just because it's going to be run the same exact way uh, he ran against Hillary, where it's like, you're going to have slow, he's going to say, like, Oh, slow-mo Joe uh, forgot to get up this morning. He's going to make a bunch of jokes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fox and Friends is going to talk about it. And then you're going to have a bunch of people making Facebook memes. And then Trump's going to win. It's like, that's how it's going to work. But I wonder, I wonder as well. And you and I have talked about this uh, a bunch of times. 
I really believe the deciding factor is going to be who Joe Biden chooses as his running mate. I, and you've said that, and like, I was questioned, I was like questioning about that. It's like, I don't think that Joe Biden is gonna be able to get that pulled through because, like, yeah, we have a, like a while before the election, but also we really don't. Like, because of this coronavirus stuff, all that we, the only candidate we've been hearing from is Trump. I haven't seen many things from Joe Biden during this time just because he purely can't. Right. Right. And that's a good point. And yeah, Donald Trump, we see daily during this coronavirus. I mean, he does a pretty much a daily press conference. And uh, we, yeah. And you've yeah. been seeing stuff against Joe Biden, like by uh, right wing media, where it is very catchy stuff. Like I said, slow-mo Joe, sleepy Joe, senile Joe. Like it's a bunch of like very cute buzzwords that mm-hmm. you're gonna see on the debate stage. Mm-hmm. And then that's what's gonna get covered by every single news source, like regardless of political belief, because it will be like, Can you believe the zany stuff Trump said today? You won't believe it. And then like that's what's gonna get news coverage. Nobody gives will- a shit about like what Joe Biden's gonna stand for. Now, potty mouth. Now, you, now your grandmother's going to be listening to this, and you just you just threw out a shit Uh-oh. word there. Oh, that Uh-oh. that calls for an audio effect. <laughs> there we go. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if uh, Trump and Biden are going to debate with all this Corona stuff. Going <laughs> They're going to do it over Zoom, dude. Oh man, that would be so cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah, a Zoom debate. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Then you're gonna see Pete. You know how they do the um, Zoom floods, where people yep. like crash. They're gonna. You're gonna have that, but like people are gonna crash Joe Biden's server with like a bunch of, uh, I don't know, whatever. It, with a bunch of pictures of Snorlax, the Pokemon, to <laughs> represent about how sen- senile he is, and then he's gonna not be able to debate. <laughs> Yeah, we got to now we have to have presidential debates. I mean, even if I mean, Joe Biden and Bernie, uh, when it was just those two left, they debated once with no audience, just those two and the moderator. So it may be something like that. Um, And Trump's going to want to do it because that's where he's that's that's going to be a shining moment. It is. Even if he loses the debate. Which he did lose every debate with with Hillary. It's just about it, it doesn't matter. If he loses. It doesn't matter. It just it matters matter. what he says during it. Exactly, exactly. And he, he's going to have his defenders no matter what. But, exactly. It's like you're not going to change Trump supporters' minds. You, I think no. the main teetering issue is like convincing Bernie supporters and like Warren supporters to vote for Biden. That's going to well, be I, the main deciding factor. I believe you have most of the Warren supporters. You have some of the uh, Bernie supporters coming over, but you still have Bernie supporters out there that are just outright nasty. And, um, you know, there's just and they bring up some valid points, but there has to be some civility within the party. I mean, the main goal has to be to beat Donald Trump. I mean, that's the message that really is uh, is coming forth to me. It's just like, yes, it's Joe Biden. Not the ideal candidate, but the goal here is to beat Donald Trump. Yeah, pretty much. Like you can see the it, that video where uh, 
Bernie gave out his support for Joe Biden, you can see like the pain in his eyes. Is and he said like the main goal here is to just get a Democrat in office. Yes. Yes. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, it, the, I think the best thing Joe Biden w- would do during his presidency is nothing, because I don't think any change he would bring along would actually like happen in any full okay. capacity. But you look at what is happening. I think the, in the you can't there. Whoever's in there as president is going to have to deal with this. This isn't as as you know, and everyone agrees this isn't going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, the uh, COVID nineteen virus. So, it, whoever goes in there is going to have their work cut out for them. And also, you're talking, you're going to be talking about a deficit that is going to be bigger than, I mean, astronomically bigger than we ever anticipated. So, how are we yeah. going to deal with that? And then the problems with healthcare that are forever lingering because in your lifetime, hopefully mine, we will have a single payer system. Uh, hopefully i don't know if that's gonna happen. we will it'll it'll be a gradual process it'll start with a public option which should have happened the first uh, uh time obamacare was uh talked about well it was talked about the public option was talked about in the first rounds of obamacare but was thrown out so that will be the first implementation then gradually over time we'll have a single-payer system i mean what people don't acknowledge is uh how insurance hurts health insurance hurts small businesses i mean the fact that they uh most businesses do want to have health insurance coverage for their employees but to put that burden on employers and employees i mean is just not ideal and the fact that we've had that in this country for uh, so long is just uh, ridiculous and it needs to change yeah yeah and the only problem is with that i don't think anybody's really like it, yes, of course, there's people who are against it, but I don't think, like, the idea of it's really good. The way of executing it is what's going to be hard to do. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a single mm-hmm. way to actually well, do that in an effective way. Well, and uh, Donna just brought up a good point. He will empower the right people. Yes, he will, because it's not going to be like this pissy fit that Trump has, uh, where if someone disagrees with him, uh, that that person gets fired. I mean, Joe Biden will hire, will delegate. Uh, I don't know if Biden has the brain power to actually fire someone. <laughs> no, I think he does, but I mean, he'll delegate uh, powers to people that, that have expertise in particular areas. It's not going to be like, you know, putting Rick Perry yeah. in charge of energy or uh, who was that guy there for a while that was ahead of the, uh, director of environmental protection that was uh he was like a uh, a coal person he was like yeah. he, he owned well, coal mines i mean the thing on. is you've seen you saw like stuff like that not to that capacity in like the obama presidency like he had people in, who were in wall street in his cabinet and mm-hmm. it was like you're not gonna escape that like as a president just because like all politi- to be a politician, you just have to be bought out. Like that's how it works. I remember Biden gave the closing closing speech at the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill hearings. I was in college at the time. I remember he hearing that. It. 
<laughs> no, he didn't play Jordan. That was before Miles. Come on now. But no, it was it wasn't a written speech. It was more of a lecture to Clarence Thomas. And it, it had nothing to do with the, the sexual harassment component. It had to do with the system of government and the Constitution. And he was so impassionate with that. I was like, holy cow, if this guy ever ran again uh, for president, because he did run in 1988, but then dropped out because of the plagiarism uh, controversy, I I would have hopped behind him and would just would have banged the drum, you know, until uh, he stood up on that podium. But the he's thing, lost. He has lost some of that fire over the years. So, well, yeah, and it's like that just has to do because he's like an aging man. It's well, it's not only that, but it's just like he he's learned how to play the game over time as well, and that. But makes, it, it's also yeah. like it, the style of Joe Biden establishment politics. Like he probably would have won again back in the eighties and nineties and maybe the early two thousands, but I it, politics is a completely different game now. Uh, compared to yeah, it is, it is, yeah, yeah. It was well, like just, because yeah. ever since it, Trump like became into it came into office, it's like politics is more of more like wrestling than anything else right now. Oh, there's no question. I mean, Trump rallies are like uh, watching something on uh, World, uh, uh, the World Wrestling Federation or whatever they call it now, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. That's what it is, yes. Yeah. They're not allowed to call it the WWF because uh, the World Wildlife Federation. Had that oh, there. that's right. They had to change that. Yeah, yeah. Chris Stout just said, this kid is sharp, if, or if you're from Maine, that kid is sharp. Shab. Shab. wicked. Okay. Uh, what are we? Well, you actually, this is going well, Miles. At first, he was like, uh, "I guess I'll do it for an hour," and I'm like, "Okay, we'll go for an I'll, hour, and we'll see." I'll how continue this if you'd like. Like, I don't well, know. we got uh we got Chris Stout calling in, so um, so let's get Chris Stout on the horn. Chris Stout, how the hell are you? Yeah. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? pretty We're solid wicked awesome wicked awesome uh, what's going hey, on I, I don't I, i'm not trying to interrupt the show and everything i just want to say miles uh you have a really great outlook on things um uh, thank you i know sometimes you you probably like youthful people like when matt and i were 16 we didn't know crap about the world and you have um <laughs> really good sense of things and and you're very a uh, good speaker is about Thank it. You. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, so keep it going. I mean, that that's yeah. what we want for this future world, you know? Yeah, because yeah, Stout was a dank at 16. <laughs> oh, I, I think, was, I was. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I think, fortunately, uh, because of the internet and people my age growing up, with just the access to, like, all the information in the world, you're going to see more people of my age group speaking out. Like, that's why you see a bunch of, like, kids in their, like, mid-teens, like, talking about gun control and stuff. Like, but I think some of the even... kids don't know what they're talking about. So, in other words, you, you're right. Kids will speak out, but some of them don't have a concept of what what's going on in the world. So Exactly. So, in other words, like, I'm going to praise your dad, too, because, like, good job on Matt's part. But at the same time... um. 
you've chosen your own path and you have your outlooks and your views. And, uh, but there's not a lot of guys that you're 16, right? Yeah. Which is hard for me to believe sometimes because, um, no, but I'm being serious because it takes sometimes to look a guy's 30 years old to start figuring things out really, you know? So, mm-hmm. well, thank it's, you. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you're not, you're not going to have everything just right, but you have a, a great path and you're on yeah. a, on a good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because I wonder, I mean, miles and I are a lot alike in many, many, many ways, but I do wonder Matt Littlefield at 16, if I would have been able to do what miles is doing right now uh, with as much insightfulness as he has. And I, I mean, we know. had a different time too, though, Matt, you know, it was very different. Like, well, like Miles said, like there's a lot of technology that took over since we were kids. So, um, but I, I, I thought you were great at it. You know, I, you know, we were navigating a, a different world, I think. Yeah. Well, it was a totally different world. Uh, and um, I mean, it's, and my political and social views were far from formed uh, at the age of 16. Uh, I mean, it took me to, it took me, probably till the age of 2021 before uh, I started to even really think about political and social issues in depth. Anyway, Uh, once I did, I really dove in, but it did take me a while. But that's why I'm impressed about miles because I don't think even when we were 20, 21, you go, Oh, I'm supposed to be an adult. You're 18. You can drink. Then you're 20. Then you're 21. Another milestone. (laughs) Um, So you, you get to these (laughs) <laughs> that was a horrible uh, pun, but you get to these points in your life where you think I'm supposed to know things. Then you don't, then you're 30, then you're 35. So I think miles has like a, it feels like a jump start, a little bit of a head start on a lot of shit. We don't, Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. A lot of things Ooh, we don't understand. I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got two of them. Great. Um, but, but he's got like a jump start on what I think, think we kind of like it took us till 30 35 i'm like i didn't get things i really didn't i i really truly believe now (laughs) that i'm like 50 years old that the brain a male's brain doesn't develop till it's 30 (laughs) but but some people (laughs) there's something you said for that absolutely well i mean when we we continue to learn. I mean, yes. I mean, as I approach that 50 yard line of life, I am pretty entrenched in my beliefs, but at the same time, I do know that I learn something new every day. I, um, yes, but, and I, I certainly have more knowledge about myself and what my strengths are and what my uh, weaknesses are. And it's just, I think what it is, is just working with your strengths and accepting what your weaknesses are. I mean, uh, does that make sense? Uh, It's just like, I I know when I get up in the morning, what I need to do, where I'm going to be the most effective. And I know the areas in my life that, no, no, that's just like something that I'm, not good at and no that needs to go somewhere else and Uh, yeah i mean that makes sense i mean i still make mistakes blurting things out i'm like oh that should have 
when it was in the brain, it shouldn't have come out the mouth so fast. Oh, but that you, kind of stuff, you know. Oh no, you're fine. You, you do you do so much better with that. I mean, I remember you as a teenager, and you couldn't sit still. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't sit still. I mean, and certainly, I still have those I mean, problems. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but at the same time too, I can have a conversation with you. You take time to listen and all that. I think a lot of times, maybe it was because you were nervous or whatever. A lot of conversations I had with you when we were teenagers. Uh, you didn't take a breath when you talked. You you talked a lot. <laughs> I, I think I was really um, needy. I needed mm -hmm. validation. I needed people. I needed to be the center of the universe and the world. And and you get older, and then you you kind of everything I thought I wanted to be when I was young, I am not now. And this is the guy I would have hated when I was young. And now that I'm older. I hate the kid that I was. <laughs> we would have never gotten along in the same room. You know what I mean? Well, well, we've grown up, Chris. And I mean, you've grown up. I mean, the thing is with you, you've always been a sensitive soul. You've always been kind-hearted. And I've always, always thought of you uh, as a person that has been kind-hearted and someone that does want acceptance, someone that's always going to be a good friend. You've always been a very kind person. Uh, that 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 part about you has never changed. So, uh, well, thank you for that. Now I got to hang up because I'm going to cry my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. but honestly, I want to let you guys get back to it because I love hearing you and Miles um, talk about things. So uh, I will let you guys go. And uh, thanks for taking the call. And you know, man, it's a good show. It's impromptu. I'm so glad I saw this. And, and was able to, to get on there uh, quick enough to hear you guys. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're Yeah. And I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Chris. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. So that must have made you feel pretty good. I mean, he just yeah, gave you sure. a lot of compliments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it reminded me about how uh, I was telling uh, my mom the other day about how, like, I'm pretty sure. I had my midlife crisis in like second grade you had, of like, <laughs> what the hell's that? you had your midlife crisis when you were like seven or eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Where it was like, um, because it was like, Oh, the world, it like, I'm going to die. Everyone I know is going to die. I don't feel young anymore. Like it was the point of, like going through childhood when you just have to go through adulthood type stuff. So that can either mean that I am going to be like the most uh, like well-spoken 40 year old, or I'm going to die at the age of 18. So well, no, I think <laughs> you're, you're going to live beyond 18 miles, but uh, Chris just typed in. We all, we all felt that. And I, I remember when I was six years old, the owner of the, uh, store in it's actually uh, where JP's is now, but uh, JP ended up uh, building the store as we know as Wentworth. And in front of that was a store uh, that was called Piggy's. Anyway, mm -hmm. Piggy died when I was six years old. And I remember crying and crying and crying. I didn't even know the man, but I I just remember people talking about it. And it was when I first realized that, wow, people die, and yeah. that means I'm going to die someday. And, I, yeah, I remember that being a very sad moment. And we all go through yeah. that. 
like I remember like that's I was very very afraid of death like at that time in my life whereas like I don't want to die like if the world ends I'm gonna feel guilty that I can't save everyone and then like wow Mm -hmm. so like and like ever since then I've really had like an outlook of like it's really what I'm doing here is very significant like is very significant now but won't be significant in like 200 years unless I like start a genocide or something yeah. <laughs> Eric Clark is in the house. Hey, Eric, how you doing? He, he, he just threw out this statistic, and I agree with this, and I believe he's 100% right. 10 out of 10 people die. Did you know that, Miles? <laughs> 10 out of, um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. No, and as, as we get older, it's just one of those things that we just learn to accept. I mean, certainly I don't want it to happen anytime soon with myself and uh, certainly anyone that's listening to this and uh, <laughs> we we are born dying that is true Christo. we are born dying yeah the only cure to death is listening to this podcast <laughs> that should be a motto the only cure for death <laughs> that's your slogan make some merch dude make some t-shirts <laughs> We can make our own. We'll just do a DIY thing. We'll make our yeah. own T-shirts and hats. We, we we do silk screening T-shirts. Do we? Uh, yeah. Miles, by the way, and I, I still have the T-shirt, and I'm sure you have a bunch. We did a silk screen of uh, Demented Dora, or Miles did a silk yeah. screen of Demented Dora uh, T-shirts uh, back in the day, and there were a, b- a bunch of uh, kids uh, around Mount View, hopefully still wearing these Demented Dora oh, T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like uh, Dora the Explorer with a explorer with a zombie explorer with a zombie face. Um, It's really, really cool. These T-shirts are awesome. So that's how I met many of my friends that I have to this day is selling those shirts. Exactly. Yeah. So so we'll so what was the what was the uh, quote you just uh, said there for this? The cure for uh, the only was... cure. The only cure to death is listening to this podcast. Okay, so there we go. So we'll have to make a silk screen uh, uh, and, ma- <laughs> and make our own T-shirts. And yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow, listening to this podcast will get you high legally. Okay, it's like now, just, just now, a bunch of you... snake oil. That's how you do it. <laughs> exactly. That's how you get people to listen to it. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Well, because the content will bring here. Exactly. Well, <laughs> hey, man, this is nationwide. I have a fan in Atlanta, Eric. There's some dude that called in the other day with a southern accent, uh, but he wouldn't tell us where he was from. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, he wouldn't tell He would. I mean, other than that, it was from the south and a red state, which, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a giveaway, but he wouldn't <laughs> tell us where he was from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All southern states are red states, right? Um. I don't believe there's a blue southern state. I, oh, yeah. Technically, Chris, like, Chris technically, just Cali- said, technically a part of California southern. <laughs> <laughs> no, because after you cross, after you 
well, I was going to, I was going to say after you go past the Mississippi, it doesn't really count. But it's really once you get past Texas, it doesn't really count because Arizona is pretty south. It's, the sub, it's the most southern state. I'm talking about the gun. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think if you take Texas and you go eastward on all the southern states, you're pretty you're you're pretty much talking red states. However, pretty Florida much. Florida can tip one way or the other. I mean, Florida is sometimes. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We have Chris Stout down there voting blue every time. He just goes. He just goes. He goes into the polling booth wearing blue. He even paints his face blue. Uh, you know, people already know how he's going to vote when he goes in. He just, yeah, he goes in and he votes with a blue marker. It just goes, you know, Democrat, 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 Democrat. You know, it's he doesn't like, even he doesn't even pay attention to like who's running or anything. Oh no, he just it's just Democrat all the way all the way down. County sheriff, even if it's only one guy running and it's a Republican, he'll, he'll write himself in. Actually, he'll write himself in with his blue marker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just he just typed in. I just check mark all of the above. That's all you have to do. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> Uh, I get a kick out of myself sometimes. Yeah, good. So um, when you turn 18, you will vote? Uh, yeah. You will, yeah, yeah. I believe there's only one election that I missed since I've been of voting age. That was a gubernatorial election in 1998. And that was when I just moved off Monhegan, moved into Freeport, and I had so much going on that um, and I knew Angus King was running for re-election re and I knew he was going to be elected. So I didn't bother. I do feel bad about that because I do. I mean, I vote for anytime there's an opportunity to vote. I vote even in these non-election years when it's uh, going in and voting for the school budget where yeah. in the town of Waldo, like you're lucky if you get uh, 12 people to vote for that. I go in and vote. It's so, like, I really, I listen to a lot of like different podcasts, a lot like this one where it's just like two people just talking about random stuff and a lot of the message that they've been pushing recently is just like vote and it's it like don't it, they're not pushing their own political agenda like they don't care about who you vote for they just want you to vote and it's like i think that's a really positive like pro-america type attitude of like it doesn't matter who you're gonna vote for you just it's good to be a part of that system I agree. Well, Obama sent out a tweet a few days ago. Oh, yeah, I saw it. And it was just you, vote. Yeah. And that like set Twitter like a fire, man. Like so many people responded that shared it and whatever else. And it's just, yeah, it does mean a lot. And then meanwhile, you have a certain political party out there that will do everything within their power to make it so you can't vote. Vote by mail? No. Vote without an ID? No. You know, they're doing, uh, yes. I mean, in the fact that's of the not, that's the not the, that's not everyone in that political party. Like, you can't generalize that statement. Well, there is not a single Democrat that you can name that is for voter ID or that is against voting by mail. Yeah. But also, the, it, you, not every single right wing, but like, I don't disagree with you. Definitely that those types of issues are definitely a pro, like something that the right pushes. But I personally 
don't like the generalization of any political party regardless if it's my own or somebody else's but the, so what the, what's the fun in that i love to generalize when it comes to political parties well you like to generalize with more just political parties oh no that's not true <laughs> that's not true <laughs> i mean that's what we do on this show we we generalize <laughs> um no, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's just in some group, actually, some people will come clean and actually admit because with voter, I mean, they'll do anything they can to keep people away from the polls because the fewer vote, the fewer people that vote, the more likely Republican candidates will get elected because they know that white, predominantly male uh, men will vote. And that's. that's their voting base yeah and that right right so if you try to keep minorities out of the polling places if you try to keep women out of polling places uh yeah 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 most likely uh you're gonna have a bit i shouldn't say most likely you're just gonna have a better chance of winning and you just see that in uh southern states mostly where it is you do but you also you it it depends on the party in power and what they can get through because in Pennsylvania they uh, there's some uh, voting rights uh, questionable acts if you will and I don't know what they are specifically but I remember that uh, I saw it on the I saw it on the news one time so it's got to be true. I can definitely see how some people can see an issue with mail in voting just purely because the postage the postage service. They're the second best thing they're at besides uh, delivering mail is losing mail. So yep. you're going to have a bunch of you're going to have a good amount of unaccounted for votes. Well, yeah, but you don't you don't know that for sure. And some states have been voting by mail for forever. I mean, uh, absentee uh, ballots are 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 largely mail in military ballots are mailed in uh, the problem yeah. with military ballots is a lot of times they get the ballots way after the election and those ballots don't get counted so it's not that it doesn't have problems um it's just and but it's like voting uh voting in the booth has problems electronic voting yeah. has problems as well it, the whole voting system i think there's a john oliver which it that just paints me blue already by saying i was watching this one john oliver episode but um (laughs) like the whole voting the way we vote not just as a nation like throughout the world could be upgraded because like in the electronic voting booth they're running off of computers that you wouldn't be able to like scroll through facebook on yeah they're run by computers that mitch mcconnell owns that moscow has paid for so therefore there's where your russian interference right there eric clark's on the horn how you doing eric i'm doing good matt and i I just want to thank miles for being a voice of reason in the show Uh, (laughs) thank you miles yeah no Uh, problem you, you sound very wise for your age. And uh, thank you. You know, it, it, the, we just want to make sure that uh, everybody has a vote, right? In, in this yeah. country, that's a legal citizen. Um, and everybody, we just want to make sure that everybody has their vote. Everybody does vote, but they only vote once, and it is their vote and it is their decision. 
a couple things I have with a, a problem with mail-in is who's, who's checking the box? Um, as long as we can verify it's the person and that they're, you know, a sound mind, someone else isn't doing their or taking their vote for them, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with mail-in voting as long as we uh, can verify that it's that person. And I think that's the only, you know, maybe there are some, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously red, but, and maybe there are some people that want to suppress some voting in, in the areas that are Democrat. Uh, oh, I, it, I, especially I, in more, uh, it, yeah, you're going to definitely see that with more establishment Democrats as well. Right. Well, uh, yes. And that was my going to be my point. I, I know there's some establishment Democrats with, that would like to suppress the vote in Republican areas also. It's just sure. it's the competition part of it. Right. So, right. you know, and, and stop generalizing that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I only did it once. During, I only did it once during this show. <laughs> well, <laughs> just once. Because okay. both, both there, there's dirty sides to both political parties. You know, not exactly. everybody's pure, and and so anyway, it's uh, it's it's uh, good to have someone that is reasonable on the show for once. <laughs> uh, you hire guys. And, and on or... that, on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna duck out. But good show, guys. All right, <laughs> thanks, Thank Eric. Thanks. See you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, let's get him out of there. Good. Um, cool. So there's a Katrina on here. Uh, and Donna, uh, Chris just said, I'm better than Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's a good show. We're about an hour and 41 minutes. I don't know. We can probably chime out miles if you're ready to chime out I, i'm i'll chime out whenever you're ready to i'm i think it's probably a good time this is a good show though I had yeah fun man i'll do it. i'll definitely do this again absolutely good good well thanks for listening everybody uh for an impromptu yeah. show i mean a lot of people listen tonight a lot of people uh always good to hear from chris uh both eric's and uh Oof. yeah yeah, and uh, certainly thank you to my guest host uh, Miles. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll put you me. we'll put you in the rotation. All and, right, uh, all right, and good night, everyone, and uh, till next time. Good night. Good night. <laughs> good night.